Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 49. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your up close and personal connection to Gary Renard, best selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the book that's flying off the charts. Actually, it's flying off the shelves in bookstores, but it's screaming to the top of the charts. The long-awaited and now much-beloved Love Has Forgotten No One. Oh, boy, that chorus. It really, They know how to sell a book. It's just wonderful. And ladies and gentlemen, we have two special guests. Hold on. There we go. Okay. We're just getting ready for our other... We have a special in-studio guest along with... The man we'd like to introduce right now, and I'd like you to give him a nice round of applause for Gary and our special guest here is the star of our show, Mr. Gary Renard. Oh, 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 oh. oh Gary, oh, oh, this is Santa Claus, your other special guest. Oh, 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 oh. Asking once again the question, Gary Renard, have you been a good boy this year? Well, I've been naughty, but it's been nice. Oh! <laughs> oh, very good, Gary. You've been practicing and working with the writing elves this year, I can tell. <laughs> that's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a wild year, Santa, I must say. Oh. I, know, I know that you can see me. When I'm sleeping, you can see me when I'm awake. We know when you're awake, yeah. And uh, you can see me when I'm naked. And uh, <laughs> sometimes we avert our eyes at the North yeah. Pole. <laughs> and uh, so can the TSA. <laughs> Those are real bells, by the way. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, the TSA—they know when you're sleeping, when you're awake, and who you're calling, apparently, as well. So uh, that's right. They're listening right now. Yeah. Does the TSA listen to Edward Snowden's phone calls? That's the question. I think they'd like to. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> now, the government says that they don't actually listen to the phone calls. That they right. keep track of uh, the metadata. You know, yeah. yeah, who's uh, calling who. And, of course, I believe that. Uh, well, <laughs> why would you not? Yes, of course. What possible reason would the TSA have for being a bit untruthful? No reason. So, how are you doing, buddy? Okay, okay, hanging in there. You and I were chatting a little bit before, just talking about, well, we're, we're, as we're always very straight up with people, this is being recorded before Christmas, and we're hoping, I hope for a lot of things, we're hoping that it will actually be out just before Christmas itself, so this will be the Christmas episode. If that doesn't work out, so I don't have to come back and edit out this part where I said that, uh, it might be that it comes out just shortly after Christmas. So uh, that that's kind of why this has a holiday flavor to it. Well, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, I just want to mention uh, the book briefly because we have other things. Yeah, I did want to say that our, our last one, Transcended Time, our last podcast, when we recorded it, the book was not yet out. 
And then by the time that the podcast was completed and edited and all the stuff was done with it, when it came out, the book was out, so it was on either side of it. And this time I hear you're coming out, but that's a whole different story. Um, but no, <laughs> no, the book is out. The long-awaited and much-anticipated love has forgotten no one. And uh, doing really well. My goodness, we hear so many great stories from people who just love this book. It's all over. It's They're burning up Facebook every day. I'm, I'm hearing stuff about putting quotes out from the book. Oh, it's great. It answers so many questions so yeah it must be very gratifying for you after after it's been somewhat of an ordeal to get it uh, to fruition and now that it's here and everybody loves it so you must be very happy with this third book yeah i am uh you know it's been a, a really long uh crazy year because uh, the book is finally finished at the beginning of the year then there's a whole process that you go through when it's being published then there's the uh, promotion of it, of course. If you were a publisher, they expect you to uh, do what you can uh, to promote it. So we had a heavy schedule anyway this year. So it's really been a wild year, and it is very gratifying to see how the book is doing. Uh, you know, we get emails every day from people who are getting a lot out of it. Uh, there's a, you know, kind of like a healing process that involves the Holy Spirit. That's on page uh, 79 of mm -hmm. the book, and a lot of people are using that successfully. It seems to be working uh, really well for people, and, and uh, we just get so many messages now uh, from all over the world, really, because the book was, this is the first time that a book of mine has been published in uh, so many languages on the same day. Right, it went out simultaneously uh, throughout Europe and uh, in many countries. Yeah, and there'll be a lot more. Uh, there have been like, oh, 10 or 11 uh, languages so far. Oh, cool. But there'll be another 10 within the next six months or so. And uh, it's just really, really good to see a worldwide kind of uh, embracing of this book. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's 100%, because with me, it's always been the same. Uh, like, if you look at my customer reviews at Amazon, 90% uh, of them are five-star reviews, the best you can get. And then the other ten percent are people who hate me. <laughs> you know, so it's like you get you get the ninety percent who really love the books. Then you get ten uh, percent who are going to hate me no matter what I do. So you know, it's like, uh, and, and I, I've been you know getting that for like uh, ten years now. So I'm kind of used to it. And I don't know what rationality you know people use to be putting down a book about love and forgiveness. Yeah, <laughs> but they find a way. You know, so. Uh, it's you know there's a lot of uh, you know politics in the Course in Miracles community that's really full of it, and uh, you know I, I remember uh, you know Ken Wapnick saying you know I've been putting up with this crap for 30 years, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's just the way it goes, and uh, maybe it goes with the territory because I think just about anybody who is in the public eye, you know, gets that. Right. They get, they get these people, especially on the internet, and especially from anonymous people. You know, they get, uh, you know, a lot of nonsense. And I guess it just goes with the territory. But I didn't expect it when I, you know, because I was totally naive when I came into it. So I was really surprised. Well, <laughs> you know, what What seems so weird is that it would come from the Course in Miracles community or, for, or from any part of it. Because you'd almost expect it. There there are people who are, you know, into fundamental biblical study who, who obviously are not going to agree with what the Course says because things are different. It, it, you know, it's not the same information. And they're going to say, our way is right and you're completely wrong. So people like that you don't expect are going to gravitate to you. You have people who are, you know, avowed atheists and the book is about God. 
fraud. So they go, well, that's a bunch of crap because of blah, blah, blah. So you expect that. But people who, who claim to be Course in Miracles students, you'd think, as you said at the beginning, the, the concepts of love and forgiveness might be high on their list of priorities in life. And yet they leap out at the throat with controversy whenever they can. And you go, how, where did, why did that come together, you know, with, with someone like that? But I guess, you know, we talk about the world of duality of the ego. And I guess, you know, the ego is always looking for conflict. And so in those types of people, something in them says, I, I want what this Course in Miracles message is offering me. But at the same time, I really want controversy. And, and they're, they're still struggling. They're sitting on that fence and it's not comfortable. So they get cranky. So maybe that's the 10% of the Course people who might, you know, not gravitate to it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. And, you know, once in a while I hear from, uh, you know, fundamentalists, Christian who thinks that of course miracles comes from the devil, right, right, you know, and that uh, in the hell and all that, <laughs> yeah. and of course they don't realize they're already there. You know, they're yeah. already in hell because according to the course, anything that isn't heaven is hell, right. And, it's, it's... Uh, well, you know what, what? What's interesting too, though. I, what I find. Tell me if you if you may have also run into this. Most of the people, and I know a few people personally who are who are like you know real fundamentalist types biblically, and. When, when, whenever they have had opportunity to, to say anything critical about the course, it's because of something they have heard about the course, not because of the course itself. So they're saying, oh, well, you know, I heard from Pastor so-and-so that this was demonically inspired and it, it's really, you know, Satan's work. And I, you know, said, so, well, that's just simply not true. You know, if so, Satan has an odd way of producing this rather large, massive volume, all of which is entirely devoted to generating a, a reverence and deep love for God. So if that's Satan's <laughs> somehow twisted intention, it's probably not working out for him too well. Uh, but when you actually explain what the Course, even just the generalities of it, they're, oh, well, I don't have a problem with that. So their, their problem is confusion and having heard stuff that's just not true. Rarely do people actually read anything from the Course whether they understand it or not, but then come away and say, oh, this is lies from the pit of hell or something like that. They they don't because it's not, you know. So uh, I think sometimes those people are perhaps more easily swayed in their opinion than the people who are supposedly coarse people, but who who believe and practice something entirely different than what the course is, is saying. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, in any case, it has been uh, very gratifying to see the reaction to the book, because, you know, you work on something for a long time, and it's a very uh, personal book. There's a lot of uh, my life in that book, mm -hmm. and it, the reason that it's a trilogy is because it does complete the stories of uh, how Thomas's and Thaddeus's life uh, are connected to Cindy and I, and, and how that's connected to Art and Persa, and it, it shows how Art and Persa attained their enlightenment in uh, their final lifetime and how it all fits together, and how trials really are lessons presented once again, so that where you made a faulty choice before, now you can make a better one. And it's all connected, and the, there are all these uh, wild but uh, interesting and educational things that go on in the way that Art and Persa teach me uh, these things. They really emphasize things that they didn't emphasize before, because people have to understand that this is a process. Your, your forgiveness process is a process that goes on for years. Mm -hmm. And as you practice, uh, you start to notice things and, and emphasize things a little bit more, 
in your mind, like in this book, they really emphasize the idea of not making it real. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of like been my mantra the last couple of years. And uh, if I get the slightest bit upset or annoyed or apprehensive about anything, I catch myself and I realize I'm making it real. Because if I wasn't making it real, then I wouldn't be starting to feel anxious or, or apprehensive or upset about anything. And the second that I realize that I'm making it real, I stop making it real, and I feel better, and I feel peaceful. Yeah. And that happens very quickly. And then I can go on to the other thing that Art and Percy really emphasize in the third book, and that is the whole subject of spiritual sight mm. and what it is and how to get there. And, uh, you know, when people read the book, they'll I think they'll really understand what spiritual sight is and... Uh, how to get there, and it really involves the third step in forgiveness, and most people don't do it. So it's a very valuable book for someone who really wants to go all the way with their spirituality and really attain spiritual sight, and uh, the book is very specific about how to do that. And, uh, you know, there is some repetition in the book, but that's uh, mandatory, as Art and Persa <laughs> Uh, I've always said, and, and the course itself says that. It says you, uh, you can't hear this too many times because the longer you go without being reminded of the truth, the longer you go without thinking about the truth. Right. Like, uh, it takes, I think, years of uh, practice and habit to get to the point where you know you will remember the truth automatically. And when you get to that point, you're really doing something because now you're kind of like uh, saving light years in your spiritual development, uh, many dream lifetimes are being saved. As the Course says, thousands of years are being saved. Right. And what this book does is it really accelerates that process. In fact, Arden and Persia said that's the purpose of doing more books, is because it does accelerate the process. It does uh, keep people going on that path where the ego is being undone. And the more you undo the ego... Uh, the more the real you is there, which is spirit, and you, you just experience it more and more. So it's a great process, but it's a process that takes time. Right, as we, yeah. It's, process, yeah. it's a process we have to go through. And, of course, you know, a lot of people, they just want uh, instant gratification. So they will gravitate towards uh, the parts of spirituality that are really, you know, the self-help movement, which is, you know, come to be confused with spirituality. Yeah, for and sure, you know. They'll be uh, kind of like looking for things uh, to come to them or, or to, you know, kind of like attract things to them that they think are going to make them happy. But even if they get what they want, and that's rare, but, but <laughs> even if they get what they want, uh, it's still not really going to make them happy because it's something that is temporary, where real spirituality is, is a constant. It's something that is always there for you. It's a power and a strength and a peace of mind that is always there for you regardless of what happens, regardless of the circumstances. Uh, and that's real power because it's not dependent on a shifting and changing world. It's a constant thing uh, that Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago when he talked about building your house you know, upon the rock. Mm -hmm. Well, the rock is God, and it's a constant, and it's a truth that doesn't change. And then there's the shifting sands of this world, the sands of time. So... You can have both. I'm, I'm not telling people that, you know, they shouldn't have their lives and they shouldn't uh, get what they want, but I think at some point when you're into real spirituality, you realize that one of those things is important, which is God, and uh, nothing else is, which is why, uh, you know, the Course 
actually says, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. It's like no matter what, you know, chaos or madness or silliness is going on around you, you have that center, you know, that uh, quiet center that the Course describes that you can always go to that can bring you peace. So you can be in a state of peace regardless of, uh, you know, the mayhem that you're yeah. watching oh, yeah. on television. Well, you know, yeah. interest, interesting, you were talking before about uh, about not making it real, but in one thing we're doing is kind of, and this foils down to the uh, uh, the repetition that you had spoken about, uh, whether it be material that is similar to from your previous books that's now again in this third one, or the repetition of, of doing the course over and over, is you're making that message real because it should be. That's where your focus should be. And that's what becomes, so there's a shift. That becomes more real, and you learn to not make the illusion real. So you're constantly choosing that. You're making that choice, choose again, that when, as you say, the melee, when something hits the fan, whether it's, you know, a, a dying episode or bad financial news or a loved one or a tragedy in the world that we see, you can see that and go, oh, God, what am I? And then you go, wait a minute, that's the illusion. That's the part, and that doesn't mean it, it doesn't seem to be there, but it means that's not where I should be investing my choice of reality. And then, so the teaching that I heard from the book or where, where I was doing today's lesson in the course, bring it back to that. So you're shifting your reality from the illusion to the truth, and you're constantly being led in the proper direction. You know, as we've said before, too, with practice, it becomes easier. It's not like you get tired of it. It becomes easier to do, you know. And uh, I guess if you right. were... It, uh, at yeah, some point... It's, it becomes more second to, uh, nature. At some point, you start to realize that you're getting results. Yeah. Uh, it's like I was say, just saying, you know, uh, all of a sudden I can be peaceful fast, right away. You yeah. know? It's like you spend very little time not being peaceful. And uh, that's a huge thing. It's like the Course says, a tranquil mind is, is not a little gift. Yeah. You know, it's a big thing. It's a very big thing. And, uh, you know, you start to realize that you can be that way anytime you want. You know, all you have to do is choose it. And when the Course says that instead of giving uh, truth to our illusions, we need to give our illusions to the truth, mm -hmm. which is the Holy Spirit, really what we're doing is... Uh, you know, we're withdrawing our belief in illusions. We're withdrawing our belief in the world. And by the way, that's the reason that the world can hurt people, because they have given it the power to do so. Yeah. Because uh, they have given it the power of their belief. And what the Course is doing is withdrawing the belief from the world and placing that belief where it belongs, which is with God. So uh, it, it's kind of like the Course doesn't leave you hanging. It actually gives you a place to go. Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of things that describe the problem, you know, and, and anybody can do that. You know, anybody can, you know, describe how screwed up the world is. But the Course says there is no point in lamenting the world. What you want to do is give up these attack thoughts that are causing you to suffer. So it's kind of like uh, Jesus didn't just describe the ego in the Course. Uh, which he does better than anybody, but what he did was he completely replaced the thought system of the ego with the thought system of the Holy Spirit. And what that does, and what almost nothing does but the Course, uh, what that does is it gives you some place to go. You know, It gives you a resolution. It gives you an alternative to the world that is actually a resolution to the whole problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been into spirituality since... 
I'd say, 1978. And, you know, in the last 35 years, I haven't found anything else that really does that. Yeah. I haven't found yeah. anything else that actually gives you a solution or a resolution or a way out of this mess. And the Course does do that. Yeah, it doesn't just deal with it. It's not just learn to live with it. It actually is a cure. It's a cure for the illness of believing in this and and gives you something. This is repeal and replace the ego. So it's uh, because you're not only getting into a place where you no longer give any validation to the ego, but you have something to replace that with. And as you said, it's something that actually works. You know, and I discovered this when, when I had my point of death experience. You know, I found myself at total peace, and that wasn't going to happen 10 years earlier or 20 years earlier or at some time before I had this body of practice integrated with my own thought system. Uh, that when something happens that should be the most terrifying, horrible thing you could imagine, and when your response is peace, you know, and as I say, the, my reaction was the same as that. I said this, I didn't say stuff, but I said this stuff really works, meaning the chorus. Like, wow, guess what? It's for real. This isn't just some mumbo-jumbo. This, this really pays off. And as you said, if you can have a tranquil mind in the middle of dying, you know, rather than being terrified and horrified and in agony, wow, we'll put a price on that. So, you know, the, there is a real tangible result for, for anybody who will embrace this system. And I think Jesus, you know, would be the ultimate example of overcoming, let's just say, difficulties in the human experience. And, and you know, this is the pathway. This is the way to, to get beyond that and, and replace it with something far better. I think that's great. You know, I, I think that uh, Woody Allen actually said something very profound. I know he was joking. He said, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Oh. And it's like, uh, in a way, that's actually, it's, you know, what the Course is doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you're, you're not the one who's there because you're not a body. Yeah. And you realize that what's dying, well, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. And uh, there is no such thing as death, and the mind keeps right on going. And uh, it's like uh, people take their death personally because they think that they're a body. Right. But, you know, once you get over that, which takes, I think, quite a while, but <laughs> once you get to the point where you realize that the Course actually means it when it says, I am not a body, I am free, you know, for I am still as God created me. Mm-hmm. When you actually start to experience that, then you start to realize, well, you know, uh, I never die, at least what's really me never dies. Yeah. And uh, while I appear to be here, I can use my mind for what the Course says is its only real power in this world, which is the power of decision. I can decide to see it right. I can decide to see it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And if I do that, eventually it's not only going to change how I feel about myself, which in that alone would be a good enough reason to do it, but beyond that, I'm actually deciding what I am, you know, by the way that I think of other people and see the world, I'm actually deciding what I am. I am determining my own identity when I do this. And you're choosing spirit instead of the body, and eventually you will experience that that's what you are. Uh, I did want to mention that there are a lot of new things uh, in the book. Uh, Sure, there's uh, the teachings of the Course, but there are most of the quotations from the Course that are used in the book uh, have not been used before in uh, the other books. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are a lot of different things. 
there's all kinds of completions of stories, including uh, the story of, of my relationship with my first wife, uh, Karen, and uh, the, the story of Cindy and I, and uh, it's all tied together with the completion of the stories that I was talking about. Then you get all this other wild stuff that went on, like that trip around the universe that they did take me on, which I think it took me a month to recover from that. <laughs> and it's been uh, a really wild ride. The book is uh, exciting. Uh, you know, one of the things that I don't like about most spiritual books is that they're boring. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, they almost put me to sleep. Uh, the course doesn't do that because it it's like doesn't withhold any information. It like gives you the whole picture. But most spiritual books don't do that, and they're boring, and it's like uh, you, they're afraid to say anything, and so it's uh, always the same. And this book uh, is not the same. It's more like uh, Monty Python, you know, and, and now, now for something completely different. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it it is uh, it has a lot of beauty to it also. Uh, mm. Many people have told me that they cry when they read the end of it. And uh, I did. Oh, Gary, and, do you uh, get a little sentimental at the end of that book? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, beautiful is a better word. But oh, okay. uh, And uh, <laughs> it's just that, you know, it all comes together. Now, the reason that it's a trilogy is because of the, the completion of all these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do a fourth book, uh, it'll still be the same format. Art and person will still be there. You know, I'll still be there. But what we're going to be talking about in terms of the stories will involve different people, different lifetimes. And uh, I think people are going to be very surprised at who it is that the art and verse are going to be talking about mm. uh, in in the fourth book. And uh, I love it. I, I'm fascinated by it. I love the subtitle. I think that when people see it, they're going to be excited. So this content is already in progress, I guess you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow. And uh, I'm not going to promise when the book is going to be ready. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I've, I said in the third book, I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you know, uh, people, when they read the third book, they're going to see the things that happened in my life in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to understand why it took so long. But now, you know, my life has uh, settled down a little bit. You know, I've, I've been here in California for a while. I'm used to it. Uh, we are cutting down a little, anyway, on our travel. Uh, next year, because the book is in so many languages, next year uh, the majority of our speaking engagements will be in uh, other countries. Uh-huh. I think we're only doing maybe six or seven things in the United States next year, and uh, all the rest is uh, overseas and in a, in a lot of these countries, a lot of exotic destinations. You know, poor Cindy and I get to go to Rio. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, were and, you uh, there? You were there once, weren't you? I was there once. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. there, uh-huh. uh, but I was. I was there once, and I loved it. We're going to Australia uh, next year. I've been there uh, three times. Cindy's been there twice, and we love it there. We're going to Japan. Uh, I've been there once. Uh, Cindy hasn't, so it'll be her first time. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, Europe. Several places in Europe. So we always go to Europe every year, and uh, you know, great places and. and uh, you know, I just uh, love it, even though uh, well, it's a long trip and it takes a lot out of you. The people that you meet, they're the same as uh, the course students in America. When we do a workshop, like we just did our last workshop of the year in Reno, and, uh, you know, the people from the course, they're so loving. Most, you know, that 90% are so yeah. loving. 
yeah. and so uh, compassionate and beautiful, plus they're amazing people and very accomplished people in many cases, and it's just been uh, so great that I think that's been the best part of this whole thing, mm. is the people that I've gotten to meet. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought that. I wasn't the kind of person who was a people person when I started on a spiritual path. I didn't even like people <laughs> when I started on a spiritual path. I didn't even want to talk to them. You know, so uh, to go from there to here in, you know, just less than half a lifetime, and to go from hating God to loving God, you know, in less than half a lifetime, that's something. And I think that shows you the accelerated nature of the spiritual path that the Course in my books kind of like put you on. And, uh, you know, that's what's important to me. You know, people probably think that what's important to me is the fact that I have books and, and that I'm a writer and a teacher, and I don't feel like a writer, and I don't feel like a teacher. Uh, if I go to a workshop and, and talk to people, I just think of them as being friends. You know, hey, I'm talking to my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't make like I'm a guru or any of that crap. You know, and uh, so we can really just be authentic with each other and talk about uh, the course because we don't have to get anything you know, from each other. It's like uh, you're thinking of people as being spirit instead of being bodies. And uh, if you're spirit, you're already taken care of. You know, uh, you're already coming from a place of abundance. It's like that teaching from the Course, uh, you know, the the only lack you really need overcome is the sense of separation from God. You know, if you could undo that one lack, then you'd never feel lack. You know, you'd always yeah. feel abundant. Even oh, yeah. If you were broke, yeah, even if you were broke, it wouldn't matter because you're taken care of and you have everything, because in perfect oneness you have everything. And uh, that's an experience that you can't get from the world. But you can get it from seeing the people in the world as spirit, because it reinforces and actually uh, brings into your mind and awakens in your mind that identity of spirit, which is already there, but it's been covered up by the ego. So the ego has been acting as interference uh, to this experience of what you really are, which is perfection, the same as God and totally innocent, and uh, as you experience that, it just changes everything. So that's what I'm really grateful for, yeah. the fact that I've gotten to do the course you know, for uh, the last 20 years, and, uh, and it's taken me that long, I think, to really get it you know, to the point where I'm actually applying it all the time. Well, as you say, you have to practice it. You do have to put it into effect. You can't, you, you know, uh, you, we've talked before about this, uh, you know, every now and then you hear from somebody, oh, A Course in Miracles, yeah, I, oh, I was fascinated with that. I picked it up and I read the whole thing over a weekend, and man, I've got it now. I said, well, you know, I mean, first of all, you're a heck of a reader. Okay, Evelyn Woods, thanks for your comments. But uh, you, but there's no way. I mean, that's like saying, I, you know, I read a book on, on weightlifting, and okay, now I, I'm, I guess I'm all set to start, you know, power pressing 700 pounds over my head because I read the whole book. You know, well, yeah. doing it is different than learning how it works. So you just have to put it into practice. As we say, you know, the workbook is set up to be done over the course of essentially a year, 365 lessons. So that's minimum. Now, in reality, I mean, unless you could do it flawlessly, it's not going to take just one year. As you said, it's a multi-year, maybe multi-decade process, but the the results are there. And I I was going to bring this up before, because what was the thing you said once, and it'd be great if you can say it again, about what somebody said to you, well, well, that takes so long, I don't know if I want to do it because it takes so long, and what happened? Yeah, like, uh, 
there was, uh, first of all, Gene, I just want to say, I really like that analogy about the weightlifting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's, Feel that's free to exactly use that. <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. And uh, there is no more annoying a statement in the course to a course student <laughs> than <laughs> when they get to the end of the workbook. <laughs> And they think they're going to be finished with the course when they finish the workbook. I'm I'm ready for the Enlightenment light to go on now. (laughs) And the workbook says, this course is a beginning, not an end. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That really pisses people off because they realize, oh, this means this is just the beginning because now I've got to practice it. Yeah. Now I've got to practice this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And the course is definitely uh, a long time, I think lifelong spiritual path if you really got to do it because uh the course says salvation is undoing and that's what it's all about is actually applying this to the situations and the events that you see on television and the relationships that you yeah. have in your life and applying it to everything for a long time and if you do that then you will get the results of the course and it will work for you and that's so the thing too that, it, that you don't have to wait for the end you know, you're going to practice this for your whole life. Oh, and so then I'll get my reward on my deathbed. No, you get the rewards as you go. You get them right away. But you have to, it accumulates over time. Even though time is an illusion, we still seem to be in time. We're still thinking through our brains. It isn't our brain doing the thinking, but it's like the computer that we process the thoughts with in the world. And it takes time. Things don't happen, you know, like, like the weightlifting thing. There has to be some effort put into it. But you're but you're getting with weightlifting to continue the analogy. You get stronger all the time. You can't do the seven hundred pounds the next day, but you can do fifty one pounds and then fifty five next week, and you you get stronger incrementally until you get up to that that high level. The same thing with the courses practice right away. Even the 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 person who may have thought they read the whole thing in a weekend or a week, uh, they they have undoubtedly gained something. And it's not anywhere near the end result, but it is something. And the longer you stay with it, and, and as you and I have both said many times, it's putting it into practice. You, you, you can read any one of the lessons, but when you really do it, when you really incorporate one of the workbook lessons or any teaching out of the text or anywhere in the course, when you incorporate that and actually, and there's a difference, I can't even explain it, but I know sometimes I'll read something and it's words, but then I'll go back and kind of do, and I've done this when I've recorded things where I'm really kind of immersed in it and it's different. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it suddenly becomes part of you as you really, oh, I get that now. And I sort of get what Jesus means where many times, if you, if you could understand this one concept, it would save thousands of your years. Sometimes a single word or a brief phrase, a simple sentence out of the course, and then you go, oh, wait, ah, now I, now I, I not just get it, I embrace it. It's one with me. And then the building begins, you know, and, and you can't do that too quickly in human form. It's going to take time. But I think the one thing you had said in one of our other shows, somebody was complaining about how long it's going to take. It could take years to do that. I said, so, well, let's say you don't do it. And then those years go by, where will you be? So you're going to spend the years anyway. You're going to be living and walking the world, so over the next 10 years, you're going to do this and be miles ahead in your in your salvation, in your enlightenment, in your awakening, or you're going to not do it, and then you'll just be 10 years older, and you'll still have all this stuff to still do. So yeah. do it now. Do it while you go. And it's not like it's unpleasant. It's wonderful. It's great stuff, you know. So uh, Exactly. You asked me earlier about that, and it was like um, 
there was a woman who was like uh, 80 years old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in one of my workbooks, uh, in one of my uh, workshops, and uh, I mentioned that it could take 10 years to get really good at this. So she came up to me during the break, and she said, 10 years, you know, if it takes me 10 years to get good at this, I'll be 90 years old. And I looked at her and I said, well, you know, how old will you be 10 years from now if you don't do it? <laughs> you know? And I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, you know, you do get results right away. Mm -hmm. like when I was doing the workbook of the course the first time, and, you know, I find the workbook of the course to be, like, the most powerful thing that you can do oh, yeah. in spirituality. I actually noticed uh, physiological changes. I noticed that uh, my body was changing because when you change your mind, then other things can change too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a very powerful thing. And you will be more peaceful uh, right from the beginning because it does change the way that you're looking at things right from the beginning and you will experience results. So it's not like, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up, you don't have to wait 20 years. You don't have to wait until your deathbed to get results. Uh, from the course. You do get results very quickly, and it does change your life uh, right from the beginning. So uh, I have a lot of people uh, over the years, the last 10 years, who have told me that my book has changed their lives, and I think that's true, but I sometimes mention to them, that's cool, but you haven't seen anything yet, because yeah. it, keeps, it keeps coming. Those changes keep coming, and you see everything different, and when you read the course, and we've talked about this before, but when you read the course, You'll read a paragraph, then a year or two later, you'll read the same paragraph again, and you know that you've seen it before, but it's like you never saw it before. It's all new, yeah, yeah. Right, it, it makes everything new again, because as you undo the ego, yeah, the words haven't changed, whether it's The Disappearance of the Universe or, or my other two books of the Course, the words haven't changed, and I've talked to people who have read The Disappearance of the Universe uh, 14, 15 times. And uh, as you undo the ego, yes, the words haven't changed, but you have. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, you're seeing everything from a different place. You're you're seeing it from a deeper place. You know, and uh, you know I, that's a great thing. So I I can pick up the course today, and I started reading it 20 years ago. Well, actually, about 21 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I can still look at it and say, "Wow." <laughs> you know, oh yeah, that's, that's just fantastic, and I I didn't really really see it the first time because you see it from where you are, and the Holy Spirit meets you wherever you are. Yeah, and but the Holy Spirit will keep working with you. And, and you know, you mentioned the workbook being important, and uh, th this seems like a good time for me to put in a little plug for the on course group too. The fact that doing the workbook multiple times, and as you just said about the, any part of the course, when you come back to it and you haven't done it for a while, it's like, whoa, this is different now. And I, I could swear that those words were never there before, but of course they were. But you see it differently. The workbook works within you. It, it's literally an instruction manual. And it, when you follow it, it's like we always said, the wax on, wax off. Whether or not you think it's working, suddenly the moves are there when you need them. Those forgiveness moves, they pop right up. And the thing is, the Encore Study Group, I think most people probably know about that group that I do, and it's and you can do it at any time of year, but obviously January is a great time to be starting with that. The point I was going to make with this is, as you just said, now this will be, this is the fifth year of doing the group. It'll also be then the seventh time I'll be doing the workbook, actually doing it. 
And, I mean, I can't go on. I'm not going to do it here, but maybe I'll do a whole separate show for myself just to tell people how wonderful it is and what profound changes come from doing this over and over. And the point that you just said, Gary, when when I go back now, because I've done this for a while, and the later lessons are much more experiential, much more complex, much deeper, the early lessons in the workbook are very simple stuff. And you go, well, look, it's like I have a PhD and I'm going to go back and sit in a first grade class for a while. Come on, what am I going to learn? And then you go back to those first lesson one, lesson two. And when I do them now, I now I'm right now, I'm so much looking forward to doing that because those come alive in a way you would never believe. It's like now the profoundness of it, it just overwhelms you. As you said, you, I'm almost in tears sometimes thinking, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for putting this out there, for sharing this, this is the key. This is what unlocks it all. And uh, doing it multiple times, you wouldn't think that the simplest things could be so deep and meaningful, and yet they are. But it's because you have those spiritual chops from doing the complex ones over and over that now, you're, as you just said, Gary, you're seeing it, you're different. So the Holy Spirit is working in you as as he couldn't do originally, but now you're ready for it. So that work can come through and those deeper understandings and experiences, you know, they just become so real. So it, it, it really is amazing. So I, I hope you know, people will check that out with the group, but by all means, do the workbook. And I agree with you, that's the whole course is so magnificent. The workbook for students within A Course in Miracles is that's that's Santa's workshop. I mean, that's where the toys are put together. You know, it really works. Absolutely. In looking beyond that, uh, our next podcast will be number 50. That's right. right. And that's really cool. That's... I think that we started doing this, uh, I think it was about seven years ago. And, I guess so. Uh, you know, here we now we've done fifty of them. Uh, they're all free. Uh, people can access all of them uh, anytime they want. And uh, you know, I talk to people all, all over the world who have heard every one of them. You know, actually yeah. heard every single uh, podcast. And uh, that's really cool. That makes me feel great. You know, so it's a great way to that we've had to be able to share. Uh, you know, our experience of the course. These are the kinds of things that we would say, like if we were at a study group meeting. You know, talking to people about the course. You know, uh, the parts where they do that. You know, a lot of study groups, well, they read from the course or in, in do meditations and things like that. But some of them uh, talk about the course also. In fact, uh, I went to the same study group in Maine for 11 years. Hmm. And uh, you know, I didn't go every week because it was a long drive. So I'd go like maybe once or twice a month, but I did go for 11 years. And it was great because it, at least it gave me somebody to talk, to talk to about this stuff, you know, aside from art in person. <laughs> it actually gave me, you know, real people, uh, you know, to talk to about this stuff. And maybe that's the real value of study groups because you don't always get the best information yeah. uh, at study groups. But uh, you want to talk to somebody about this, then at least they have somebody to talk to about this. And if they go to your group uh, on course, then they, they will get good information and be able to do the workbook uh, with you. So I think that's a great thing that you do. And uh, I think it's going to be a great year coming up. Uh, I have a few uh, projects in the works that are pretty exciting that I can't tell people uh, about yet, but it looks like they're going to happen. And, uh, you know, that kind of like makes me think this is going to be a very interesting year uh, coming up. 
Uh, we don't have question time today. Uh, yeah, I know you, you said you had to go. We got, we got. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad we had the in-depth discussion about your book. We haven't had a chance to do that in any previous show. So that was really worth it. And, and the questions remain, hey, they, they were not new. These are <laughs> these are a couple of years old. As I say, we never lose them. So uh, they will still be there on number 50. Yeah, we'll be doing that more uh, in the future. But I think it's just, you know, the first 50, we just had so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> enough, enough time. We're going to change uh, our whole format from now on. We're going to be very, very serious and I judgmental. We'll, I, I think what we'll do is we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cut ourselves off after a half an hour. <laughs> then we'll spend the next half an hour just on questions and answers. I'll set a but, timer. Uh, I'll bring in like a little food timer in here. It'll be ticking in the background the whole show, and then it'll, it'll ring the bell. And Okay, there, it's time now to be like a game show, you know, ding. Okay, that bell tells us our conversation period is over, and we have to go into our final Jeopardy questions round. That's funny. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, it's been a great year coming up. And uh, it's time for me to get out of here because Cindy has dinner ready. Ooh. But but I do want to mention that you know quotation, even though a lot of people use this quotation from the course, uh, it always makes me feel really good. Because, uh, you know, it has to do with Christmas. And it says, uh, the sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within. And accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. And uh, that always means a lot to me. Because, first of all, uh, you know, a light in darkness. Well, actually, in the Course, when the Course uses the word light, it's not talking about a physical light, even though we symbolize it in our mind as a physical light. It's actually talking about the truth. In the Course, the word light means truth. And uh, then it says, see it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within. So, so you're actually all of it. You're actually heaven. You know, exactly the same as the Course's uh, definition of heaven, the awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else. You know, nothing else outside this oneness, nothing else within. So now that, you know, quotation takes on an entirely different dimension because it's talking about the truth, and you are the truth, and the truth is all of it, not just part of it. And it's like you are heaven, and the Course says, why wait for heaven? Yeah. You know, uh, heaven is within you, and you can experience it. So, uh, you know, I think that the Course is a very big teaching, you know, it's given on a very big level. I think that people have a tendency to turn it into a small teaching, but I think the Course itself is a very big teaching, and I've gotten that more and more as the years have uh, gone on. So uh, i got to get out of here, buddy, but uh, happy holidays to you, and I'll be talking to you again very soon. Okay, Gare. Yeah, we will talk soon and look forward to our next big episode, which will be number 50, the anniversary program. Yes, and you know what people can do? There are 50 uh, miracles principles mm. at the beginning of the course. So what they could do is if they re-listen to all 50 podcasts, before each one, and I think this will work, before each one, they'll just read whatever number miracle principle, they start with number one, read one miracle principle before you listen to the podcast, and then just keep doing that. As you listen to all 50, so you, if you listen to number 35, you just read number 35 and the Miracles Principles before you listen. And I think people might be surprised because the course is holographic, and uh, it always seems to correspond to whatever you're talking about or whatever is going on for you at that time. Yeah. 
So uh, I think that would be an interesting experience for people. It'll be interesting for us too, because that was not anything that we planned. It would just, uh, but I, I will try that myself, and we'll see. I bet there will be a lot of, uh, shall we say, more than coincidences. Cool. As Gary and I were discussing earlier in the podcast, actually doing the course is something that there's just no substitute for. The workbook, as uh, as I've talked about so often, the workbook is really the centerpiece, as I see it, in actual course practice, really doing it. And I think uh, this is the perfect time of year to be doing the workbook, doing it for real. And that's whether you're doing it for the first time or if you've done it previously. Uh, I think that there's a big advantage when you've done the workbook previously because you're really building on that previous experience and the Holy Spirit is, is literally working within you. Uh, much more powerfully so but even the first time there's always a first time and uh, you do have the excitement and it is excitement of doing the workbook for the first time so either way whether you're a veteran at this or just starting out now is a really good time to be doing the workbook of a course in miracles and i do think honestly all all modesty aside i do think that our group on course with gene bogart is a great place to study we have been doing this now it will be year five we're beginning at on course and uh, it's a great community of people, people who are really focused on really doing the work, not just dabbling in the course, but really, as we're saying this year, it's the forgiveness fast track. This is uh, the way to really accomplish goals is to do the workbook and do it daily. And the OnCourse group is great for that because you get a daily email in addition to the website that you can log on to with discussion areas and everything else. You get a daily email right in your inbox with today's lesson, the, d the lesson for the day, along with my commentary about the lesson, some helpful observations and hints that I've uh, picked up and sort of been privy to over the years and happy to share. And also, of course, my recordings of all of the workbook lessons. And many folks have really been kind enough to share how much those recordings have meant. It really seems to open things up for the understanding of what the lessons are talking about. It's different from uh, my usual silly, humorous way of doing things. When I was doing the recordings for these, I really felt I was under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And they're very, very loving, very focused, and I think very powerful. So I hope that you'll check that out. Really, one of the great things is to hear this while you read it. Read the lesson you're seeing the words and you're hearing them spoken in a very carefully enunciated way. So I think that the combination of the of the visual and the auditory experiences together, I think just seems to make it deeper and, and makes it much more real, this experience. So I hope you'll check that out either by going to OnCourse.GeneBogart.com or just go to the Forgiveness.TV website and there's a link there for the OnCourse group. So uh, we hope you will consider joining the group with us. If you make contributions to the group, that's wonderful. That's a real blessing for me. It's a real blessing for Helen and I together. Uh, and quite honestly, the OnCourse group is, has really been the focus of keeping us going through some tough times. So we hope that you'll consider that. Whether you do or not, you are welcome. We have always had that policy, and many people are there not contributing financially. They're not in a position to or not guided to. That's fine. The most important thing is to be doing the work. So please do check out the On Course with Gene Bogart group. And uh, we really look forward to seeing you there. And I think it's a wonderful way to really do the Course in Miracles workbook. 
And speaking of helping us through some difficult times, we are so very, very grateful for the help that people have been giving us for my medical recovery fund. That and a few other things have been uh, like very critical for us lately. And uh, if you want to read more about that, uh, I have an updated message at forgiveness.tv under the category of the page for Gene's Health. So check that out if you would. I- I'd love to have you, you know, share in what's happening with me and what's going on. If, again, you are able or feel guided to help us out with a donation, we bless and thank every single person, no matter what the amount. And we've had some that have, have helped us sizably and some that are, you know, a few dollars here and there. It, we bless every bit of help, as we say. Uh, all expressions of love are maximal, as the Course says. So the amount doesn't matter. Your love and your support means everything to us. So thank you so much for that. We hope that uh, you'll be able to, you know, at least check that out, because I'd like everybody to sort of understand where we are with everything. People have been so kind to ask about it. And uh, I'm always happy to answer any emails. And I think a lot of your questions might be answered right there in what, what I've written out recently. So check that out once again at forgiveness.tv. And also at Forgiveness.tv, you can uh, connect with uh, Gary and I did a recent conference call. And I know a lot of people listening to this probably were on the call with us. It ran a little over two hours. We had a wonderful time, answered questions. People got on the line with Gary and with me. Uh, Cindy was there, Gary's lovely wife, Cindy, and my lovely wife, Helen, was on the line as well. We all had a chance to talk together. It was terrific. If you were not there, we are making the recording of that available for free download. So there's no charge, no obligation, and uh, all grievances forgiven. No, that doesn't even make sense. I say that later. Check out the conference call recorded replay. Uh, and there's a link for that at forgiveness.tv. And it tells you, and if you want to just email me about it, it will direct you to do that. You can send an email to my regular address, gene at genebogart.com. Just make sure that if you do that, you put in the subject line, conference call or conference call replay. But this way I can sort them all so I don't miss anybody on conference call. And then we'll make arrangements. It'll take a little bit, but we'll send you a link for the download of that MP3 file for the conference call replay. So we hope to hear you there. We will have more of those coming up in the future, and we will keep you all posted through our various means of connecting with everybody, but also at that very page at Forgiveness.tv. Oh, and one more detail. Uh, It does appear that this is another podcast episode where we have transcended time. Yes, it began, as we said, uh, we recorded this, Gary and I, just before Christmas, And uh, by the time everything is ready and it's coming out, well, what? Something has happened.
And so we are, in fact, on our way into this developing new year at this point. But we wanted to share that with you, Helen and I. That was the actual recording from New Year's Eve off the television set. I believe if you listen carefully, you'll find out that Ryan Seacrest has now become a guest on our episode here, our podcast. I think that's a first. I don't, we haven't had Seacrest here before, have we? I think we've talked about him, but actually to have him on the air, I am thrilled. Well, next I'm going on Idol. All right, maybe not. But Happy New Year, everybody, really. it's uh, It's been wonderful, and uh, Helen and I both want to send you our love, our gratitude, and uh, just our feeling of oneness with you all. We just have the feeling that this year, 2014, is going to be a year of, as we said before, the forgiveness fast track. And uh, we're really looking forward to that, both through the Encourse group, through these podcasts, through our conference calls, and through everything else we do, along with Gary and with Cindy. Helen and I both want to send out, and all of our cats, all of them, we send out our Happy New Year wishes for this unfolding and ongoing new year. Many, many blessings to you all. As Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. And the Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and distributed through Forgiveness.tv. All verbal content of our programs is copyright 2014. Gary Renard and Gene Bogart, all rights reserved, all grievances forgiven. And this year they're forgiven on the fast track. For all sorts of details about Gary Renard, please go to his website, the one that he still has not forgotten and still named himself, GaryRenard.com. And for all other information, please check out our mutual website, Forgiveness.tv. This is Gene Bogart thanking you so very much from my heart. I truly thank you all for listening, for helping, for sharing, for caring, quite literally, uh, the expressions of love and concern for me, for my situation, for Helen and I together, and for all the work that Gary and I do and, and Cindy being on board with podcasts and everything else. You guys are, are just such a loving, extended family. That That's how we really feel about you all. And, and we all, it's not you all or us all, it's all of us together. So we really, really thank you. And we're just so appreciative that you're here. And this year, as it's unfolding, perhaps more so than ever, or maybe it's just eternal. But either way, I've never been more sure that no matter what the question, forgiveness is always the answer. you won't be punished right uh you'll be judged but you won't be punished <laughs> harshly harshly judged <laughs> test your horns okay here goes qc crest okay is that happy enough <laughs> i was pretty happy i was playing all of them oh, okay well then just do it again